Well, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Jules Pamer over Zoom video. Jules was born and raised in Santa Monica in Los Angeles and talks about how they got into music. Jules' dad is in the entertainment industry. Actually, a singer was on Broadway. So Jules' dad really helped support their love for music and art and creativity. Jules joined their first band in seventh grade. This band goes all the way through senior year of high school. And when senior year rolls around, all the other members are going to different schools. Jules moves to Nashville to attend Belmont University, goes in as a songwriter. While in Nashville, Jules finds a group of people that they really relate to. This is when Jules comes out as gay and then eventually non-binary. Jules talks about how this group of friends, which became a band, they all were in a band together, really helped them gain confidence with their songwriting, not only writing about girls, but just in being confident in who they are. Jules talks about the viral moment they had on TikTok, all about the new song, The Daughter That My Mother Wanted, and all about their upcoming EP, which is called Girls Will Be Boys. You can watch our interview with Jules on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Jules Pamer. Hi, Jules. How are you? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. I appreciate you doing this today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the EP and uh, everything else you have coming up. Thanks. Cool. Um, I did read originally from, are you from Los Angeles area? I am. I'm from oh. L.A. Um, I know that's what everyone, that's everybody's reaction. I'm from San um, Diego. There's not many of us native Southern Californians. Ooh, cool. Where in San Diego are you from? I grew up in, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but like Rancho Penasquitos area. Okay. I, like, I, I grew up going to La Jolla a lot. Okay. So I was about five miles west. Oh, or no east. Cool. I'm. <laughs> West would be in the water. Uh, five miles east. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sick. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. Cali, Cali kids. Um, yeah. Are you in Nashville now? Is that what I also said? Or are you back in um, LA? I'm back in LA now. I went to Nashville from 2018 to like 2021 ish, 2022, actually. Um, I just moved here. It's just about to be a year back in LA. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah. moved to Nashville. So it's funny. No way. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, my family and I moved here uh, like 2021, February 2021. Okay, sick. Cool. Whoa. So we're on kind of similar, similar journeys, similar right? time. Like, but That's opposite. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the same, but a little bit opposite. Um, cool. So uh, what part of LA? I grew up in Santa Monica. Um, nice. And now I'm like, I'm like more Valley vibes. 
Okay. So very, very different energies. It's, it's funny because a big reason I, I like LA is because you can, you can live in different parts of LA and it feels like you're in a whole different city, you know? It's massive. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, you could be from the Valley to Hollywood, to Santa Monica, even, you know, go, go to or, towards Orange County. It's totally different or yeah. North like Sherman Oaks area. Yeah. It, it's such a big, diverse city. Yeah. I love it. I love LA, but yeah, originally like West side. Santa Monica. Then. That's yeah. Cool. Would you, uh, did you like living there? Yeah. I, I honestly didn't really understand how cool LA was until I left. Um, <laughs> okay. I grew up with, my dad is in the entertainment world. Okay. Um, and so that was really cool. Cause I was, I was always doing music. Mm-hmm. Like from the beginning, I, I knew that that was what I was going to be doing and to be able to be in a space where that was already cultivated. Like there was already a world for me mm-hmm. um, to like aspire to be in or to try to be in even as a kid it was really cool. Um, and my dad was so supportive and like would take me to like open mics on like Sunday nights or like two like Tuesday nights in Hollywood for like nobody. And I would just he would hear me sing the same like really bad songs over and over and over again. Um, but it was nice because there was a music world that I could kind of check out. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I liked it. I think I needed to leave to fully love it. Um, yeah, so I'm really. glad I'm back now. Yeah. Do you mind saying what part of the industry dad was in? Yeah, he's like in the film and TV world. And he also was on Broadway last year. Um, oh, so so dad's an entertainer as well or a uh, musician or. Um, he's a singer, but. Um, first and foremost, like, well, he's like a, you know, self-proclaimed theater kid. That was his thing. Um, but then and he's from New York and then he moved uh-huh. to L.A. after he was he was on Broadway when he was like 22, which I'm always like, God damn it. That's like, yeah, that's <laughs> like awesome. how, I, how I beat that. Right. It's like it's like really cool. Um, I don't know. He's just like way cooler than me, which I it's it's cool to have him as a dad because um I just get to look up to him a lot. Yeah. Um, but he's, yeah, film and TV world now. But was, it's interesting because uh, your dad had success in the entertainment world. Uh, sometimes parents from, I've interviewed a lot of, uh, of people that started in LA and were, had famous family members or parents that he would be supportive of, of, of what you're doing just because it's such a hard thing to really, you know, uh, do something in, right. To make money or to struggle for such a long time. Sometimes parents that have accomplished it, it's like, yeah, that took me forever. Or like, it was just so much hard work, obviously. So is anything, but to, to the, the odds are against you in, in, in this field. So I think that's really awesome that dad was so supportive of what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. I think he kind of knew, I mean, the feeling of, of knowing that you have such a long journey ahead of you and also being like, there's literally no way I'm going to do anything else. I don't know how I'm going to do this, <laughs> but there's no way I'm going to do anything else. I think he understood that. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I mean, thank God for him. Cause I think he was just like, well, they're going to do that. And so I can either be there or not be supportive of it. Right. Um, so I may as well be there. And I'm so happy that he was and is. Um, yeah, I definitely got sure. lucky. And yeah. Yeah. It's instead of being like, well, uh, you know, do I want to be around for their performances and right. what, what they're trying to accomplish? Or am I going to sit here and just let them know that <laughs> it's really hard? I mean, I hard, guess the, yeah. the, the, the benefit, obviously, uh, the supportive aspect of it is really encouraging, though, I bet. Uh, how did you start music? Like, Were you in singing lessons or anything like that or guitar at early age, piano? Where did uh, you start out? Yeah, so there was kind of always a lot of music around my house. Um, and I, when I was like six or seven, um, okay, this is so weird and so crazy. Cause I went to public school, but when I was in kindergarten, like there was this art teacher, but also a musician, um, who came into the kindergarten classrooms and every kindergarten classroom collectively wrote a song together and she helped us craft a song. And I hated school. I I was a pretty unhappy kid, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt uncomfortable all the time and I hated school. I always hated school. And my, my mom told me that that was the one day I came home from school being like, I had a good day at school. Wow. And she was like, what did you do? And we wrote this song called The Soup Plantation about R.I.P. That place. Right. 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 It was such (laughs) a spot. Um, Like, I remember the whole song and we we wrote it collectively as a class. And I had so much fun doing it with this teacher named Lonnie. And um, so my mom was like, wow, my kid is coming home from school happy for the first time. So she went to my school and was like, who is this woman? <laughs> who is Lonnie? Who is this Lonnie person? And she got in contact with her and was like, "Can what do you do? Like, do you teach guitar lessons? Do you do anything? And Lonnie was like, kind of. Like, I can come and like teach Jules like guitar or like whatever they want to do, basically. And um, what I ended up doing was I was she taught me how to play guitar um, a little bit and a little bit of bass, just like on my living room couch. Um, And she went from a very, it wasn't, it wasn't like a technical perspective. Cause I also grew up later. I was in like the orchestra for a really long time. And like, I really felt stifled by it because it was so like, uh, you know, rigid and like strict and like follow exactly what's on the page. And she was just kind of like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to learn? Like, what's your favorite song? How can we, you know, what do you want to write about? As like a Mm -hmm. six-year-old or seven-year-old, she was like, what do you have to say? Which was really cool because I had, you know, soup plantation to say. (laughs) Like, I had nothing (laughs) important to say. Let me tell you about this amazing buffet. It's called soup plantation. Incredible. (laughs) Um, Not only soup, but salad. Build your... Salads. Sometimes pasta. Sometimes pasta. You're lucky. Um, and yeah. the uh, the ice cream soft serve oh, amazing started it was so good <laughs> um and yeah so she would come over and like we would do that and then when i was 7 um me and like some of my friends were like we're going to start a band 
and we started a band and she kind of like mentored it and i'm mentioning her so much because i literally like she taught me everything that i know she's that's amazing amazing and yeah she like i was in this band from seven to 18 years old um wow yeah 11 years in this band (laughs) yeah it was crazy same same group same same members pretty much one one member left um but besides that it was it was us the whole time and we played like shows around la we recorded an ep together because lonnie's kid who i'm still friends with is a audio engineer who like believed in us you know as like Mm -hmm. little 14 15 year olds and that's where i started writing um with them like all the time and just getting a good ear there was there was five of us at first and then four so it was like a lot of harmonies and just cool cool stuff like that um and just building confidence there and then I don't know when I was like 15 or 16 some of the girls in the band kind of started to be like where am I gonna like go to college and what do I want to do and all this stuff and I was like whoa guys this is this is what I I don't know what you guys are talking (laughs) about I want to slow down we're gonna be rock stars (laughs) and they they weren't you know really following that same path which you can't expect them to like they're still all some of my best friends like uh-huh. best friends in the world um but that's when i kind of realized i was like this is what i want to do and i need to figure out how i'm going to do that mm-hmm. um so i was a big and still am big taylor swift fan um, oh i just saw her on saturday night my mind is oh, still blown no. oh no my way. gosh wait yeah, the nashville uh-huh. one on saturday it was three and a half hours Taylor played. Uh, was, were you there when Boy Genius played? Yep. Boy Genius <gasps> came out for only for one song. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers brought him out and they, they did one song. Uh, Matt Healy from the 1975 was playing guitar with Phoebe Bridges. And, and it was funny. It, like she had uh, or Maddie was just there. No, no acknowledgement that Oh, no this way. guy is like playing with Phoebe and in between songs, it was really funny because Maddie was playing acoustic guitar and then he would walk up to the mic and the, the, the audience just are going nuts thinking, oh, there's going to be a 1975 song right now. And then he would go back no <laughs> and way. sit back again. Yeah. Oh. At the end, Phoebe uh, acknowledged that, but it wasn't like and Maddie from 1970. It was just <laughs> she was just naming the other players in the band. It was really cool. That's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. It was, it was insane. It literally was insane. So sorry oh. to rub it in, but. Um, oh no, you can always interrupt with Taylor Swift. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the best, best show I've ever seen in my entire life. I've seen Taylor Swift three times and that was like by far the, yeah. the stage, everything that 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 she had done was so top notch. It was like a three and a half hour top of the line Broadway show that wow. you know with all it was it was just insane. But anyway, um, I forgot where we're going with this. But Taylor Swift came up. Um, oh and yeah, I had to go off on my rant. Yeah, no, she's the the she was my first concert. It was the Fearless tour. Oh damn, um, you saw her early on. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm such I'm such a fan. I love her. And I was super inspired by her whole like Nashville, you know, coming uh-huh. of age story or whatever. And I was kind of desperate for independence. 
Um, and so I was like, you know, like, I, I hate LA, like whatever. And I was like, <laughs> didn't like LA at the time. And so um, I ended up moving to Nashville and I went to school there. Um, I went to Belmont. I was um, going to ask Belmont. Mm-hmm, yeah. For songwriting. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I went there and that's when I kind of continued that and kind of figured out what my love for music meant for me and what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started was the band. Real quick. Uh, you mentioned being in the orchestra. Was that what you said before? Yeah. What instrument did you play in the orchestra? Well, I, I started in fourth grade and I played the cello. Um, oh, that's an awesome instrument. Yeah, it was cool. I played the cello until my sophomore year of high school. Um, wow. And then I decided that there was no girls playing the stand-up bass. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know. Cello was, I just like, what I just didn't like about orchestra was how, like I was saying, how rigid it was. It felt like just being in, I don't know if you were like an orchestra or a band person. N- only for for fifth grade and then I quit. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I would have if my mom let me, but it was like you were placed in the order of seats was like best to worst. Right. If you're first chair, that's like the ideals. Yeah. Which was, it felt, um, it felt like to be first chair, you know, you follow exactly what's on the page. You, it's like the the least creative, least original person mm-hmm. gets the best, like the first chair or whatever. And there was something that I just was so, I was so angry at it for that. Um, and so I think a part of me wanted to be like, and cello was especially like that because all the kids were like, they wanted to go to like a conservatory. Oh yeah. And my Julia mom. Or something like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my mom sure wanted me to do that. And okay. um I was like rebel, rebel. So I was like, I'm gonna go like play the stand-up bass in the back because they get like a spinny chair and like you know, I was like, <laughs> and and there's no girls doing it. And so I switched to that and I did that for a few years. I did that from my sophomore year to my senior year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was yeah, I was an orchestra kid for sure. I think it was just the closest I could get to music in school so mm-hmm. um yeah I but the band i mean to have a band start at seven and go through 18 so yeah. did the band just kind of end when everyone was like okay we're all gonna go to college now and that was fun yeah, yeah. it was kind of okay. just like we're all moving so let's go and do our own things um which was sad but it felt it felt like it was right too because i I kind of, we were all writing together, but I felt like I was kind of trying to be like, come on guys, let's like, let's, Mm -hmm. let's do this. Let's do this. Let's write more. And then all of a sudden I was, I was on my own with it, but, but it felt good because I was like, now I only have to rely on myself and I I trust myself and I know that I'll, I'll do it because I love it. So there was something kind of freeing about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So when you get to Nashville, you're going to school at, at Belmont as a songwriting major. Yeah. Um, when you get there, are you meeting other people and possibly starting a band again in Nashville? Or was it at that point you kind of knew 
this, you know, Jules is going to be my project. And that yeah. I, I don't really want to, you know, kind of put myself in that position again. Yeah. Funny you ask, because I did, I did start another band. Um, and I, at the time when I moved to Nashville, I was, I was very different. I was going by a different name. Like Jules isn't my like birth, birth name. name. Okay. Birth yeah. Name. Yeah. Legal um, whatever <laughs> yeah and and I was not out of the closet I had long hair like super different and I didn't have I had the love for music and I knew I was going to do that but I was always like you know what maybe I'm just going to write maybe I'm going to write for other people because I wasn't proud of myself I wasn't proud to present myself to the world and so I couldn't possibly have something to say and also the nerve to ask people to listen to what I had to say. Mm -hmm. um, so I just was, I Belmont was a, a, a funny place, definitely a weird place, but I met, it was, it was a private Christian liberal arts music school. So yeah, super, super weird mix of people for sure. And I, I, I kind of knew I was gay, but like, wasn't I didn't have the confidence to come out and then moving to the south and all these like people telling me to like go to bible study with them I was like whoa I don't know what I just did for myself but uh, I think my right before freshman year ended I met this group of girls and they were all gay they were all gay and they were so cool and I was like whoa these are my these are my people and um we kind of just like we kind of just stuck together for all of college. And it was like maybe 10 to 12, like just gay people. And we were like the only gay people. Um, and we ended up starting a band um, called modern day flirt. Okay. And I played the bass and I wrote, um, we all kind of wrote um, and it was super fun. And it, and it gave me the confidence because I wasn't confident in myself and my own identity yet. All of a sudden I was on these like stages, like not even like usually like every weekend was spent like in basement house shows, mm -hmm. but very slowly these, these people in Nashville and at Belmont started really being into our band and, and coming out to shows and stuff. And we were like, we're gay and they're listening to us. And we are here singing about girls mm -hmm. and they, they like it. And like, I was, meanwhile, I was in my songwriting classes, changing the pronouns in my songs. I would write these songs about girls and then come in and be like, he makes, you uh, know, like, right, right. I would change them because I was independently, I was, I was too afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and, but then in this band, we were all like singing about girls and people were liking it. So, so as I'm really grateful for the band because as I was doing my own writing on the side, um, I was gaining the confidence through the band to be bold and be confident and be, be loud with what I had to say. Um, and I ended up, the band kind of fell apart. Um, but I kind of ended up quitting my like junior year. Um, and that's when I was basically out of the closet. Like by then I had been writing so much for other artists on the side and I just, remember once I kind of reached this level of I know who I am I was like I'm an artist I just I just didn't know what I had to say until I figured my own shit out 
Mm-hmm. And now that I do know myself, I'm like, I have a lot that I want to say. And I actually, um, I'm going to start like pursuing that. And that's kind of when I quit the band and started really focusing in on my own like solo artist thing. Okay. So that all started when you were at Belmont. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that must've been hard to do right. Coming out, especially, I mean, obviously Nashville's definitely gotten a lot more progressive in, in, in its views, but it still has that Southern kind, you know, grit, yeah. the Southern values, I guess it's the, they say it's the buckle of the Bible belt. So <laughs> it's, and I've only coming from San Diego and Southern California, it was definitely a shocker coming here. I was like, whoa, this is way different. Um, yeah. That must have been very hard to do. I can't even imagine because L.A. would be not that it's not it wouldn't be hard, but I feel like L.A. would be like a bit more. I don't know. Not as yeah. difficult in a certain way. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm speaking out of turn. No, no, no. You're right. L.A. L.A. feels. I like L.A. a lot. The way I explain L.A. to people why I like it is because if I tried so hard to be so whack, like so insane and like wear the craziest shit and like just just roll up to like some meeting or some like meeting up with friends or something trying to be so whack and weird like I could try so hard and there's no way I would be the weirdest person (laughs) you know like anything I do like I just remember walking around Nashville with you know I had a it's where I buzz my hair for the first time shave my head Uh and I would like you know I mean I'm I'm, I have pink hair but like there I would I would just color my buzz cut like some days it would be blue or pink and I, you know I would just change the colors and stuff and I would get looks like just looking like different there as I mean you live there like it's such a people people don't they're not shy about how they feel about it and how uh-huh. they're not used to it um so there was something cool about that because I had this group, like I said, of, of people who were so, it was like tiny, but mighty, you know, they were so bold and they taught me how to be so bold about who I am and to just walk around with, you know, with my head high. And I think learning how to do that in an environment that didn't necessarily support who I am, Mm -hmm. um, was really good for me. Cause now I, I walk around LA and I, and I, don't feel the same. I feel like, like I said, everyone's dressed wild and all these things. And I'm just another person. And it, it feels really good. Cause I spent so long being like, Whoa, like, look at that. <laughs> look at that person. Like look at their hair and like, whatever. Right. Um, that that was, it, it was a good, it was good that my first, I was kind of just thrown into it. And I'm glad that I had to gain that, um, the internal power of being able to do that in a, mm. in a place that didn't want me to, because now I just have, I don't know, like an extra, an extra set of, of skills, like in case, you know, I just feel like I can, I just have the confidence to be myself anywhere. And I kind of learned how to stand up for myself there. Yeah, um, for sure. And to do that in a town that's definitely not nearly as accepting as Los Angeles, maybe, as you said, yeah. you could show up with, with the most whatever outrageous outfit on and 
somebody would still be beating you out, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you could show it's up at nice. a party as like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz, and they're <laughs> like, oh, well, well, this person over here is doing this. Like, you're still right. not going to be the most. But right. um, it's nice. It's like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge. Um, so in Nashville, though, when when you started going by Jules and writing your 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 solo stuff or or this probably this project you're working on currently or you have been uh, putting out music with, was that a different? I mean, once you have that kind of weight off your shoulders, and you're like, okay, this is me. I can I, I've I've went over the hurdle of you know, being able to come out and, you know, express myself in this way. Did the music change that you were writing? And then tell me about you know, putting out your first songs under this new, yeah. you know, under your new you know, project. Yeah. So it all, it, it happened a little bit slowly out in Nashville. I actually went by my own name um, musically. Oh, okay. For like two songs, I think my first ever single was a song called Therapy. Um, and it was about it was about my like first girlfriend who I dated in Nashville, who was my drummer in the band. Oh, okay. um, and it was like, it's still up, I think. But yeah, it's, it's like, under your new project, though. Yeah, At least I I've heard I listened to it and I was going to say, but it's doesn't it's under the. Your, yeah. your project now i switched them all over it was kind of a bitch to do that but um <laughs> I, I can't I even imagine so yeah jewels and then um i kind of went in a in a lot of different directions i had no team i had like i was just completely independent just putting out music that felt good to me and um i remember i have a song called honey and it's like it's like she's just like honey she tastes so sweet and I wrote that one and I remember getting a phone call from my mom before I released it and she said hey like um about that new song you're putting out like I think you should take it like take it back like she you know she doesn't know how it works at all mm -hmm. and change it to you taste like honey you taste so sweet like because even though it's about a girl, you don't want to, you don't want to isolate yourself from the world. You don't want to make people, you know, not be able to relate to the song just because it's about a girl. And I said, well, well, I listen to songs that girls sing about guys and I, and I love them and I relate to them. And, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about a girl in my head, but I know it's about a guy and I, I don't feel excluded from the, from the music. And she said, yeah, well, you don't want people to listen and just think that you're gay or something. And I was like, okay, well, it was, it was interesting. So it was the first time that I had the confidence to release this song about a girl where, where they, the audience can hear it's about a girl mm -hmm. because of that pronoun usage. And then I had my mom being like, don't do it. And so I, I struggled with that a lot and I ended up releasing it um, with you know, she's just like honey and I, it was about a girl, whatever. Um, and that was kind of the start of my, like, of where it got kind of hard to release music for the first time. And like, where it was like, okay, if I'm going to want to be myself and represent a community of people who like, where sometimes in music, it's like, you know, you don't, 
the queer community is still trying to feel represented in music in like the mainstream i was like mm-hmm. if i'm gonna try to do that i'm this is the first time that it's i'm feeling that and that that it's hard um and yeah i released a few songs and then kind of went in a lot of different directions and all the music that i'm releasing right now basically was mostly written in la um i started working with my team out here in la when i first moved here in june um but in nashville i had right before i moved i had started you know working with some publishers and stuff out there um and i i like i said i just kept going in all these different directions and i was in a session with james droll and reed baron um who are two amazing well james is a writer and an artist and reed is an amazing writer producer out there and it was like three weeks before i moved to la i think and at the time i had i was in a relationship for about a year with this girl who was my guitar player in the band there's a there's a pattern um different different band same band same band um yep just stupid me <laughs> like it was so toxic it was did the drummer stay no okay no that would have been that would have been quite the move that would have been crazy yeah <laughs> um that was bold of me for sure but she we were in a relationship for about a year and i came out as non-binary changed my pronouns and she um refused to use them um and she, it was kind of like, I want to date a girl, you know, I don't want to date, like, you know, I signed up to date a girl and I was like, you know, desperately trying to explain to her, I, I'm the same person. This just, there's nothing that's going to change about me. Just the, the way that you are, you know, talking about me. And when you talk about me, I feel like using they, them represents who I am and who you're already dating better than she, her. And um she she wouldn't do it um and so Hmm. we we broke up and it was obviously that was really hard because it was one of those moments where I was like I'm being bold by being myself and taking that leap and then the person who's supposed to you know love me and be my my partner um can't accept that and that was really hard for me and I I wrote a lot of yeah I wrote a lot of really angry songs about it um and then I went into a session like I said going back to James Droll and Reed Barron it was a few weeks before I moved to LA and I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to say exactly but I knew I wanted to write about that and we started with this whole track and we had like we had this whole track laid out and it was kind of like a punky like whatever because I was like yeah I'm, I'm angry and I'm like mad and whatever and we started talking about the concept and I, I, I remember what I came in with, which is funny because it's so bad, but <clears throat> I came in with, you were the, you were the love of my lifetime last time or something like that. And it was stupid and it didn't make sense, but it was about how, like, I wanted to write about how I had grown as, as this person and she wouldn't let me grow out of um, the person that she was in love with. And I just wanted to grow and I wanted her to stay in love with me as this person that I wanted to grow into and we ended up kind of flipping that hook into um you're the love of my past life oh, um, that's good mm-hmm. 
Thanks. And, and we, I was writing with them and, and we, at some point I was just like, yo, Reed, could you just like, could you just turn off the track and grab your guitar? And could we just, could we just sit here and write a song on the guitar and like not worry about the production? And we wrote this song, probably the song that I'm the most proud of. One of the songs that I'm the most proud of called past life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really loved it because that was the first song where I was like, this, this is what I have to say. And this, it was like, I've only had two songs ever where I've left the session being like, this song is going to change something for me. And um, it felt kind. I was so angry and, and it felt kind. And it felt like I was standing up for myself in a way where I didn't need to be mean mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to discount the love that we did have because that's what I was struggling with is I was like grieving this year relationship while being like, you know, kind of like screw this girl for not like respecting my identity. Um, And so the whole song is about how it's like, yeah, I loved you when I was a girl. I loved you. And um, you're always going to be the love of my past life. And I don't know. It just felt for the first time that I really, this is, this is what my artist project is about to look like. Um, And that was the first song that, you know, went viral on TikTok. And it was interesting because everyone at the time was like, was like, you know, you need to blow up on TikTok and here's what you're going to do. You're going to get a, you're going to have a really strong hook and you're going to wear bright colors. And the hook, you're going to be like, oh, I have the song in the summer. And then you're going to play a really fun chorus that lasts four seconds and then it's going to be over. And I just, I tried that for so long. And in this video, I had moved to LA two days before I made this video. And I, I just sat in my car and for like a minute, I just told the story and I talked to my camera and then I played a guitar vocal because there was no track guitar vocal rough work tape from my car speakers of a a long ass verse pre-chorus and chorus like defying all of the tiktok god odds <laughs> right. um, and it blew up and that was the first like moment i had on tiktok and mm-hmm. um that's kind of where that following started and i just remember being like okay like i all i had to do was be be real and be truthful and that's what worked and that was kind of the first moment of my artist project where I where I saw people people's reactions um and people feeling understood and all of these things and like I got to make this music video where these people like drove hours and hours to be in this music video just like random people from TikTok um where they could tell me like the stories about their past selves and like who they grew into and who they were and all these things and for the first time I saw the real effects of what my music could do and that kind of led me to my to writing my project that's coming out um which is an EP called Girls Will Be Boys Mm -hmm. um and then I kind of spent the next like yeah six-ish months just writing for that um and it kind of it follows growing into yourself and queerness but also a lot of mental health and struggles with how growing into yourself can also mean can also mean you're growing away from other people and people who have been in your life for a long time whether it be family or 
girlfriends or boyfriends or whoever. Um, and that was kind of the start of that project. So um, wow. I guess that was in Nashville. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful for James and Reed because they just, I don't know, they believed in me um, from the start, you know, and to be able to write something like that with people like, it was just, I mean, it's just such a vulnerable thing. And they just helped me make something, make a really angry feeling into something very delicate that still feels like I'm getting that feeling out. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I would, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that just saying, I, you know, I'm the same person. I'm, I just want to go, if you're referencing me in a conversation, please use they, them pronouns. And then that's what, you know, uh, ends the relationship. I would imagine not having like, uh, you know, infidelity or a big blow off fight or th that would be very hard. I mean, not that yeah. those other things wouldn't be very hard, but I could see why you'd be so upset. And yeah. there's no real, like, do you feel like you got closure at some point from that? Or was that just through the songwriting after? Personally, I did not get closure, um, but I think I think I've I've done enough. Yeah, I guess writing and therapy have helped a lot. I think there's been a lot of songs about it, um, mm -hmm. and about the the girl in general, my ex. Um, and I think I think I've gotten closure on my own, which I don't I don't think I've done before. Mm -hmm. um because yeah like you said it felt like i've i've i was in two two long-term relationships in nashville my first girlfriend cheated on me and i remember like yeah feeling angry and feeling sad and all these things but the pronoun thing like that was that one really it was different it was a different kind of hurt because it was about me this time with cheating you can be like well, she's kind of fucked and like, she's obviously insecure and like, you can kind of put it on her. I'm like, she yeah. just doesn't, she just doesn't like me, like who I am and who's truthful to me. And the only reason we're not together is because she doesn't like me and she doesn't like, it, it hurt a lot. I don't want to say more, but I want to say differently. Yeah. It, I would imagine that'd be quite a bit different. If someone cheats, you're like, all right, right. You know, that yeah. obviously that ends it all. You know, there's right. no coming back from that. But right. with the pronoun thing, it's almost, yeah, it's just like a unfortunate, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's to, to, to not want to be with somebody just over, you know, something like that. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. over like who they are. So, yeah, I definitely, I, I didn't get closure there, but through through my writing and I think through, mainly through my audience, like the fans telling me what that song meant to them mm -hmm. um i was like it was one of the first times where i was like this is what pain can turn into um and that's been a big a big part of my next project is what can i what can i do with all of this hurt you know mm -hmm. and what can i give to other people um like what can I make of this that I can help other people and in turn that helps me too because it makes me feel like all that hurting and all that pain you know wasn't a waste and just right. I like I like doing something 
I just, I always, I, I can't, I'm just such a, I'm so emotional. I'm such a sensitive person that like, I, there's no way I can keep everything inside because I would just explode. So I do a lot of, obviously a lot of writing, but I, I love like just making things, making clothes, making art, just drawing. Um, and so it's like, what can I do with this? And, and for the first time that just allowed me to see what, what can be made out of it. And it's a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I want to I, I want to talk about the new project, obviously, the end. Um, of course, the 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 song and the in the video for the daughter my mother wanted. Um, but real quick on the TikTok thing, I find it really fascinating that people were telling you, you know, you need to wear this shirt and blah blah blah, and like there's this formula to like having a viral TikTok moment mm-hmm. when. It's been sh- obviously it's it's all about just being authentic. I feel like that's what draws people into certain videos. And it sounds like that was what you did. You, you know, you just were authentic about the song and telling your story and playing it. And then that's what becomes the, you know, the thing. What was mm-hmm. that like having? Was it something that happened really quickly? Whereas the video goes up, you put your phone down, you look at it and then like, those views are going crazy. Like, I mean, explain your viral moment. I love hearing these viral moments in, in yeah. personal experiences with them. I, yeah. I've said this a million times. It's just I would relate it more if if I were to have that happen to me. I think I would be the gambling addict with <laughs> like doing the swap. Oh, my gosh. And now there's this many fall. There's so many, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. just like watching it grow and dopamine hit after dopamine hit. But yeah, uh, what was yeah. your experience like? Well, I had I had been trying on TikTok for so long for something to blow up. And I I moved to LA and like I had like a thousand followers maybe on TikTok, like not not doing too hot. And um especially moving to LA, I was like, God, I need to like figure some something out. And I right, where I it's went, like, so uh, what do you do and how many followers do you have? <laughs> right. That's, so that's I interviewed somebody. They told me that I was like, whoa. Yeah. Meanwhile, this person had two over 200,000, but it was like funny. Wow. Yeah, it's it's ruthless out here. And it, we live in a really funny world where like so many people are like famous, you know, like so many people are have such big followings. Um, it's really interesting. But mm-hmm this this particular day like i said i think it was my second or third day in la and i didn't know a ton of people in la but i had made a few connections and so when i moved out here i was like anyone who i know i'm like let's hang out let's get coffee let's get food let's get drinks let's like write a song like i don't know anyone um and so i went to breakfast with my two friends they're a couple um and I had met them a few times, but we went to breakfast and I got, I pulled up to the place and they, they texted me and they're like, so sorry. We're like 10, 15 minutes late. And so I was just sitting in my car and I was like, um, I guess I could just, I'll just do a TikTok, you know, cause I feel like with any extra time, it's like, let me just, I'll just film something and see what happens. Um, and then I filmed that TikTok because they were late to breakfast. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I remember at breakfast, um, talking about one of the people I got breakfast with is a drummer, um, for kind of like bigger artists. And he was talking about the artist and TikTok and stuff. And, and he was like, we were talking, I remember we were talking about TikTok so much. And he was like, 
And I was like, do you think that you need to have a whole release plan when you are posting a song? If you think it's going to go viral, should I already have it ready? And he was like, you know what? If a song goes viral and you have like no master, no cover art, you're going to figure it out. You're going to have to figure it out. So you're going to figure it out. Uh -huh. um, and he was like, you'll have to be quick. It's going to be crazy, but like, you'll, you'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, that, that's good advice. Um, and then, yeah, after, after breakfast, I just like put some captions on it basically and just posted it. And then um, the next day it was at like, I think like a million and a half almost views. And then I was finding myself in that, in that place where I was like, oh shit, now I have to figure out what to do. This is literally like a work tape guitar vocal. I live in a different city now than the guy, than the producer. Uh -huh. uh, and I don't have real vocals. Um, or like, you know, I only have Dea vocals and that's all there is. And, and I kept going back and forth on like production and what I should do. And at the same time, I had just met my now manager who, um, at the time we were just talking and I remember that was a big thing for me too, is we had a meeting um, on the, the third day that I was in LA, we got coffee and he was really interested in managing me and I had no numbers, nothing had blown up. And I remember him saying, so how's, how's TikTok? And I said, well, I just posted this video and it, it's at like 40 K or something, but it's like not blowing up. And it was past life. And he heard the song and, and he was like, Whoa, this is crazy. And then he really believed in me. And then the next day it was viral. And wow. he and my team ended up being the ones who really guided me through the process of releasing a song that quickly. Um, and we ended up doing, I think Reed may have retracked the guitar, but the day of vocals were the ones that we used. We ended up getting a string quartet in Nashville and Reed like FaceTimed me from, and like sent me all these videos from, from working with the, <clears throat> with the strings players and they played on it, but we ended up releasing past life as basically what it was when we wrote it, which there's something really cool about that. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was just a crazy, like, I think it was out like three weeks after it blew up. That's wild. That is so yeah. cool. Though. It was and crazy. Wow. Oh, wow. So the, you have a, a single out now, the daughter that my mother <clears throat> wants, the daughter that my mother wanted, but there the the EP as well is coming out as well. So this song mm -hmm. will be on the EP. Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell me about the song and then uh, the project real quick. Sure. So <clears throat> I released the daughter that my mother wanted with an artist named Mickey Ratsula. Mm -hmm. um, they're also non-binary. Um, they have become one of my closest friends in this process, which has been incredible. Um, and I wrote this song, man, I was, I went, I went no contact with my mom about nine months ago, eight or nine months ago. Um, and it's been, you know, when I tell people that a lot of times they're like, I'm so sorry. And like, that must be hard. And to be honest with you, it's, it's not, I feel really good. And I feel like my mental health has never been better. I feel safer. I feel, I just feel it's so much easier to be myself. And um, it's been really nice. But, but in that, of course, you know, even as an adult, it's like you are attached to that person, no mm -hmm. matter what you do, as, as far away as you get from your, 
from your family, like they're the ones who raised you. And um, as, as nice and healthy as it's been for me to go no contact with her, there is always this, this little part of me that feels guilty for not making her proud. Um, so the daughter that my mother wanted kind of came from that feeling of like, I know who I am and I know that that's the right thing. And I, and I know that I am not doing anything wrong, but I also know that in her eyes I am. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it, it feels like there's this little girl, um, kind of like haunting me like this girl that, that I could have been if I didn't stand up for myself. And if I just went along with what my mom wanted. And a, a big part of that song was because my, my mom, like, two years ago when I was already out, I had short hair. I was dressing the way I dress now, which is, you know, a little bit more masculine, like baggy clothes. I haven't worn a dress or a skirt in a long time. (laughs) Um, And she, she sewed me a dress. And I remember her saying, I've been working on this project for you for weeks and just really building it up and finally showing me this dress that she made, knowing that I, I don't, I don't wear dresses and I, and I've short hair and I, and I'm, and I, I was out to her and like, it was this super manipulative thing that she did. And I felt so guilty because she had spent so much time sewing this dress and she, she texted me and she said, um, she said, can you just send me a photo of you in the dress? You don't even have to wear it out, but I just want to see my little girl one last time. And I was like, whoa that that hit me in a really weird way and and I that kind of sparked the idea for the song Mm -hmm. um and I actually found the voice memo from when I got the idea for the song um it all started with the line I think I'm being haunted by the daughter that my mother wanted um and yeah it was kind of just about that and I feel really lucky to have connected with Mickey because they have similar, um, I mean, different, but, but kind of same, same energy from our moms, you know, Mm -hmm. um, on how they feel about us being ourselves and being non-binary and, um, the guilt that we feel is similar. And so I feel really lucky to have, first of all, a friend that understands, but not only a friend, but a, a collaborator who can, who can express themselves in that same way. And we can like the fact that we could come together and create something. um, I thought that that said it exactly how we both wanted to um, was a really, really like healing experience for both of us. I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry to, I mean, the unfortunate events that occurred to to inspire the song, but the song isn't really, really good. And th- that line yeah. is really incredible. Um, Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that. That would be, yeah, very definitely manipulative is the, is the word yeah. Um, yeah. to describe that uh, situation. But um, is the whole EP um, focused kind of uh, around a similar theme or is like with that? I mean, obviously you're going through it. And you're, it sounds like you're still kind of going through it currently. Mm-hmm. Is that what the the EP is it done in like you know is that kind of the through line through it? Um, 
kind of yeah it it's i think the daughter that my mother wanted is is probably the <clears throat> the saddest end of the ep's feelings spectrum okay. um but conceptually yes i think so my next single um coming out next month on june 2nd is a song called mommy issues so you know <laughs> kind of kind of matches up with it but it explores a different a different side of that coin it's it's like i was seeing this girl like while i was just had gone no, no contact with my mom i i mean i'm 23 but i just i started seeing this girl who was way too old for me and i just kind of realized how deep how deeply rooted the mommy issues were and um mommy issues the song kind of explores the the same the same um feel like the same obviously it's from the same situation but it's it's kind of like i was kind of like okay i've been sad about this for so long that like this is also kind of hot like this is kind of like <laughs> we can make this kind of fun you know mm -hmm. and so mommy issues is the kind of like kind of like messy like dirty kind of hot and a little bit satirical like ironic um version of of the daughter that my mother wanted i think it's funny that it comes right after we did that on purpose mm. um because they they are so interconnected um but so it, it's about my mom but it's about you know it's about a, a girl at the same time and it's it's kind of funny and fun i i love it it's one of my favorite songs i've ever made um and then there's there's a song um the the next song is a song called girls would be boys which is the title track mm -hmm. um and this one's also also pretty fun it's it obviously is a playoff of you know boys will be boys and um it's just kind of it's kind of talking to i kind of low-key wrote it talking to my mom but it's it comes off as like talking to society and like everyone and it's just saying like um it's kind of a mockery of how they're like oh oh um you got sexually assaulted by a man like that that must be really hard it's just like that's just kind of in his nature you know mm -hmm. and it's like oh um you know you you grow up and like growing up as a girl it was like oh he's mean to you it means he likes you like oh he's 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 making fun of you in class like he probably has a crush on you. it was so twisted and right so it's it's a it's a mockery of that and it's saying like I don't know what to tell you like girls are going to be boys like that's that's in their nature they're going to be it's like i use lyrics like girl, girls are going to be kissing each other and like you can't stop them because that's just who they are and like um it's it's kind of the it's about that the queerness it's about queerness and like becoming yourself and being proud of yourself but it's in more of a anthemic way i would say mm -hmm. um and then the other two tracks which are not singles they're just ep tracks one of them is a, a, a demo um that thankfully blew up on tiktok multiple times and it's a song called 25 that i never thought would ever come out like i remember i brought in this concept to so many people and so many people said no they didn't want to write it um and i just like i said earlier i was a very unhappy kid I could never picture myself as an adult. Um, and 25 is, is about how I, I never thought I would 
make it past 25. Like I, I am for the first time very excited to be alive. Um, but now that I am excited to be alive, I've spent so much time thinking that I wasn't going to be that I have, I'm so unprepared. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do now because, um, everybody was out there planning their whole lives. And I was just getting through each day and, and trying to make it through the day where they were like, I'm excited to be an adult and I'm excited to have this future. And I was like, I need to just get through this. Um, and so 25 is a, is a demo. It's kind of sad, but kind of hopeful. Um, and then there's another song called lost cause. And it's, um, it's about how, how God doesn't really, how God doesn't really fuck with me. Like he fucks with everyone else. Um, and it's about how, how, it's it's a little bit sad and it's a little bit funny, but it's about just as a queer person, how I felt like I wrote it about my time in Nashville. I actually wrote this one in Nashville as well um, about how I, I've i never met God because he thinks I'm a lot, like even he thinks I'm a lost cause um, and about how he doesn't even try to, he doesn't even try with me. I'm just like a, you know, I'm just already like a goner basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and just cause I didn't, I didn't grow up religiously. My dad's half, like I'm half Jewish. My dad's Jewish. Um, my mom's like a Catholic who left Catholicism and, um, moving to a place that was really religious. I, I received a lot of, um, just like God stuff or like I should go to church mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it was kind of a, kind of a, I guess, a a song about that. So they're all definitely revolving around that world, but exploring different different ends of the the spectrum on how that affects me and my relationships, I guess. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait to hear the rest of uh, what you have coming out. Thanks. Especially, you know, the, the, the next one, mommy issues, which yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have coming out and I appreciate yeah. your time today. Thank you so much, Jules, for doing this. I yeah, do have one you. more question for you before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Any advice for for aspiring artists? Um, oh man, do okay. My advice for an aspiring artist would be: don't do what's working for everyone else. Do what feels truthful to you, um, because if it's already working for somebody else, even if it did work for you it's not going to last because you're just going to be doing something that's, that's going to fizzle out or just you're going to be the second version of somebody else. And I think the first time anything worked for me was when I sat down with myself and was brutally honest. And it's hard to sit in your own like trauma and hurt and sit down and write a song about it. But that's, that's, what's going to work. Um, so be authentic, be truthful and don't listen to what other people say is going to work because it's not what's going to work is, is you doing what's real for you. 